chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Towards the end of the uh, New Testament. The longest book there, of course, is Revelation. And back from Revelation, a few books to 1 Peter. And the fifth, that is the last chapter. And if you will follow with me as I read from the beginning of the chapter. The elders who are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight of it, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory, which fades not away. In like manner, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be clothed, uh, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to focus in particular on verses 8 and 9, which tell us to be sober and vigilant. There is an adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, he walks around, seeing whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. Turn with me to two passages in the Old Testament that tell us about Satan and about his fall into wickedness and evil. Isaiah, chapter 14, and beginning with verse 12. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars uh, of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Look also at the book of Ezekiel and chapter 28. The book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel and chapter 28. And beginning with verse 13. 
Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy timbrels and of thy flutes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Created as one of the angels of God, yet he fell into sin. And this tells us, among other things, of the power of sin. Sin entered the heart of Satan, then an angel, and in effect it destroyed him. He was cast out of heaven. He became the enemy of God. He became the enemy of God's creatures. He tempted Adam and Eve. He brought sin and death into the earth, man, being made in the image of God, was ruined. Instead of the bounty of Eden, the ground was covered with thorns and thistles, and Adam was told, in the sweat of your brow, you will eat your bread until you return to the earth. But of course, the Lord also said, that the seed of the woman would come and would crush the head of the serpent. There is a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new uh, creature. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained uh, that we should uh, do them. Now, the devil wants to do all that he can to harm, to damage this new creation uh, as well. He is the enemy of every uh, believer. Uh, he walks around like a roaring uh, lion. We do not see him, but then whether we see or don't see something is not in any way the final measure of whether it really exists, whether it is a uh, reality. He is not myth, he is, he is not legend. And when we think, when some people think that he is myth or legend, well, he's already won an important battle over there. Just like people try to what? Camouflage themselves uh, in uh, situations which involve uh, confrontation just like people like to use the quote-unquote element of surprise on the battlefield, uh, so also uh, when we are unaware of his existence, he is already ahead of us, you might say, in terms of uh, the confrontation which uh, will uh, exist, uh, which will take place. Uh, you must resist him. Uh, steadfast uh, in the faith. Remember that the Lord Jesus resisted him uh, in the wilderness. 
Uh, he came and he tempted him uh, three times. And so we are called upon to follow in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus in uh, this matter. Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27. It says, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Sister Renee, yes. very innocently, steps on my foot. And all of a sudden I start saying, maybe she did it on purpose. It's because she doesn't like me. And I start harboring that thought. And it grows in my mind. Or I start saying something like, she should pay more attention. As if I have never, by mistake, stepped on anyone's foot. And so, in our minds and in our hearts, we can give place to the devil. The letter to the Ephesians and this word that uh, is in chapter 4 and verse 27 is, is addressed to believers. Is addressed to uh, believers. Ephesians 6 and verses 11 and 12. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, two words there, and they, each one of them present a slightly different aspect of what is happening. One is the wiles of the devil, the trickery, the, the cunning the subtlety of the devil. And then the other thing is the wrestling, all right, which does have, you know, its set of tricks and so on, but it's also a matter of power and strength. And sometimes uh, what happens is you're just met with uh, a person who's so strong, uh, uh, so strong. And so there is the trickery and the cunning of the wicked one, and there is the strength of the wicked one and of the temptations uh, that uh, he brings. In the book of James, James chapter 4 and verse 7, uh, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And he will flee uh, from you. Uh, let's think of the picture that is set before us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and in verses 8 and 9. First of all, concerning the activity of the devil, it says that he walks about, which reminds us of what the devil said in Job chapter 1. The Lord told him, where are you coming from? He said, from going to and fro throughout the earth, to and fro throughout the uh, uh, the earth. Now, God is the one who is in every place, omnipresent. Satan is not omnipresent. He does not have that characteristic. But at the same time, he is very active. At the same time, he is very uh, active. And he has accomplices, uh, evil uh, spirits, whom we understand to be angels who fell with him uh, when he uh, fell. The book of Revelation uh, perhaps refers to this symbolically in Revelation 12.4, a third of the stars of heaven 
uh, were taken by the dragon's uh, tail. He walks about east and west, north and uh, south. It doesn't work to, let's say, find a desert island and think that there I will be what? I will be away from the influence of sin and of the wicked one. It doesn't work to go and live on the top of a mountain or in the wilderness as a way of escaping his power and his uh, uh, influence. The Bible speaks of him as the prince of the power of the air. The Bible speaks of him as the god of this world. And the Bible says in First John chapter 5 and verse 19 that the world, the world is placed in the evil one. From walking to and fro throughout the earth, he walks about. He walks about in the various places that I go to. Home, work, church, seeking in various ways to do harm, to do uh, damage, uh, to do uh, damage. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter three in verse sixteen, uh, Paul is, uh, Peter is speaking of the letters of Paul, and he says that there are things in them that are hard to be understood, and then he says the unlearned and the unstable rest these things; they twist them, they misunderstand them, as they do other scriptures to their destruction. Remember how. The devil in the second temptation said what to the Lord Jesus? Second temptation as they are enumerated in the uh, book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. He told him, throw yourself from the temple because it is written that he will keep you. He will give his angels charge over you and you will not dash your foot against a stone. And so, in various ways, he tries to use even the Bible. Even the Bible. Of course, that was a wrong understanding and a wrong application of uh, that uh, verse. You say to yourself, I need to read the Bible. I need to pray. You find some time to do that. Sit down. All of a sudden, the phone rings. <laughs> All of a sudden, the phone, uh, the phone rings. Now, I don't want to say that the person on the other end is the devil or an agent of the devil, but somehow the phone rings. Uh, somehow, uh, someone knocks the door. Uh, or, all sorts of thoughts enter our mind and, and uh, grab our attention, and... Uh, we might struggle against them. Then we say, oh, it's not going to work now. I'm not too worried about this or that. Uh, we're too busy, uh, sinful, and weak. That's what we are. Uh, it's our responsibility, but at the same time, there is an enemy who is active. And, and he is active in every uh, way. Uh, uh, in every way. He worked with regard to Job. 
first of all, loss of the property, and of course I believe everyone would agree with the statement, the loss of his family. All right, that didn't seem to be enough. Then the loss of his health, sickness and disease, illness and uh, uh, weakness, uh, and weakness. Uh, with regard to the Lord Jesus Christ, the first temptation, again, Matthew chapter 4. Oh, you're the son of God. You poor fellow, you're, you're hungry? Turn these stones into bread. Don't depend on your father. Your father apparently doesn't care about you. He's allowed you to go hungry such a long time. You look really bad. If you had a mirror, you would see what I'm talking about. And you can change these stones into bread. No. The Lord Jesus said, I'm going to depend on my Heavenly Father. I'm not going to act on my own. Then comes the second temptation. Oh, you're going to depend on Him. Well, why don't you depend on Him? To the greatest possible extent, since you like to depend on him, throw yourself from the temple. Throw yourself uh, from uh, the temple. In bad times, when things are difficult, when there are trials, when there are problems, in that situation, there is temptation. And then there are times that are, shall we say, good, the way that we usually think about them, times when there is plenty and times when there is joy and times when things are going well, and there are temptations there as well. There are temptations uh, there uh, as, uh, as well. He that thinks that he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. Lest he fall. In David's life, there were temptations that had to do with hardship times when he was in the wilderness, hiding out in caves and mountains and valleys. And at a certain point he became discouraged and went into the land of the enemy for protection, even though the Lord had kept him several times. And then the time came when he was sitting on the throne and everything was going fine. And the kings went out to war. At a certain time he sent Joab an army and the army and he was taking it easy. And he was tempted in that uh, uh, situation. In that situation. Solomon was the wisest of men. And yet uh, he uh, was tempted. Elijah, after the victory on Mount Carmel. Peter. The Lord Jesus said, who do you think that I am? And Peter made this statement, God bless him for it. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord Jesus told him, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then a few verses later in Matthew 16, when the Lord Jesus started to tell them that he would suffer and that he would die, and that he would rise again, the same Peter said what? said, no, this can't be. And the answer of the Lord Jesus, rather severe, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, uh, Satan. 
Mount of Transfiguration, again, Peter being featured, great glory being revealed, the glory of Moses and Elijah, but most of all, first and foremost, the glory of uh, God, the glory of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let's make three tents. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. Let, let's stay here. Um, not, not the best thing to say, because it was not God's purpose for them to stay there. And also, Peter in what he was saying, was playing Moses, placing Moses and Elijah on the same level as the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was not right either. The voice came from heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Cloud came, they fell to the ground, and then the Lord Jesus pulled them up, uh, helped them up, and the Bible says that when they rose, they saw no man except Jesus only. Moses and Elijah are deserving of respect. But as it says in the book of Hebrews, Moses was faithful as a servant in the house of God. But Jesus is the one who built the house. He is the son and the one who made uh, that. Uh, that house, uh, that house. Uh, the devil is active. Now, I might not feel that activity, it might be like I said, because there's that camouflage factor, it might also be the case that the devil is not so interested in me because I'm not so much of a threat. <laughs> I'm not so much of a threat. If I'm not faithful, if I'm not serving, following, obeying, then he doesn't have to do as much, perhaps, as far as I'm concerned, as he has to do with somebody else who is faithful, who is serving, who is following, who is obeying, who is uh, uh, witnessing. Uh, who is witnessing. A man was out hunting once and he shot uh, a couple of ducks. One of them he shot and killed, and the other one he shot, but he didn't kill it. You know, it fell to the ground and it was still walking. So he ran after that one. Why didn't he go to the dead one? Because he'd always go back to the dead one. Because <laughs> he could always go back to uh, the dead one. There is the walking about, the activity. There is also the roaring. This is part of the picture uh, as uh, uh, as well. Uh, look at the book of Proverbs uh, and chapter six. Proverbs chapter six and uh, verse five. Deliver thyself like a roe from the hand of the hunter, and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Uh, of the fowler. Now, as people hunt, they do things perhaps in different ways. There is a particular kind of hunting where people are very quiet. 
whether they are actually pursuing some animal to shoot them, or whether they are, let's say, laying a trap. And in such situations, being quiet can be, uh, can be uh, uh, helpful. But in other situations, the devil uh, can uh, roar. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 13 and 14. It says, there are such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. An angel uh, of, uh, of light. Uh, appearing to be good. See, sometimes hiding and doing things behind the scenes. Sometimes appearing. Uh, but appearing in a way that doesn't really show uh, the uh, truth. Uh, the devil has his roarings. He can bring fear to hearts. When lions roar, they roar not just because they feel like it, and that's all there is to it. Uh, often there is a plan involved. There is a function. All right? The lion's roar can be fearful. It can uh, uh, paralyze uh, someone. Uh, another thing that can happen, the eyesight of the lion, I think, is not very good and Animals can camouflage themselves against certain backgrounds. And the roaring of the lion, since it frightens the animals, can make them move. And that movement allows the lion to detect uh, uh, them. Some way or the other, this roaring is meant to bring fear. And the fear can lead to the wrong kind of response, the wrong kind of uh, action. Roaring. We could be talking about uh, persecution. The book of First Peter uh, mentions persecution in several uh, passages, even in uh, this uh, uh, passage that we read. It speaks of the sufferings of uh, uh, Christ. Uh, it speaks of the afflictions, verse 9, that are accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Verse 10 says, uh, speaks of after you have suffered a while. In those early times, there was often persecution. At first, persecution here, there, and then from the time of Nero and the burning of Rome, the persecution became more systematic and more widespread. And many terrible things were done to uh, believers. But they endured them. But they uh, endured them. Uh, the Roman Empire is gone and the faith uh, still uh, stands. Uh, they overcame him with the blood of the Lamb and with the word of their testimony. With the word of their testimony. Uh, the roaring can be a temptation. Uh, the Bible uh, uh, tells us uh, uh, that 
offenses will come. It says, woe unto him by whom the offenses come, but it says offenses uh, will come. And one way or the other, the devil moves people to offend others, to try others. He moves sin in our hearts, or at least dangles temptation before us to enliven sin, to make sin rise and uh, take uh, control. We need the Lord to strengthen us. We need the Lord uh, to uh, help us. Uh, look at the Psalms uh, quickly and uh, look at Psalm 73 and uh, verse 2. Uh, this is Asaph and his perplexity and confusion uh, regarding the prosperity of the wicked. As for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had almost slipped. Psalm 94 and verse 18, the Bible says, When I said, My foot slips, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Thy mercy, O Lord, held me uh, up. Um, the temptation of unbelief. Why could we not cast out this evil spirit? Because of your unbelief. Uh, because of uh, your unbelief. If the Lord should open the windows of heaven and pour grain upon us, how can these things uh, be? Has God indeed said? Has he surely said that you should not eat of this tree, neither touch it lest you die? The faith is not a reality. It's a fairy tale. It's wishful thinking. The Bible is not a book that comes from God. It comes from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And so, sometimes we are tempted to think. And these temptings are part of his roarings. There is his walking, there is his roaring, and there is his desire to uh, devour. His, his desire to uh, 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 devour, to hurt uh, the uh, believer as much as he uh, can. Times that we have been very sad, too sad. Remember Joab coming to David and telling him, you are too sad concerning Absalom. It is not right what uh, you are doing. There are times when we are so happy and we can fall into excess and sin uh, there. Times that we can be confident in the flesh, set aside our weapons. Remember Gideon and the people who kept the spear in hand? These were the ones who the Lord wanted to send into battle, not the ones who laid the weapons uh, aside. Now God has promised to keep his children. And God is all-powerful and no man is able to pluck us out of his hand. At the same time, temptation comes to the life of the uh, believer. Think of Samson, for instance, and what happened to him. 
I was mentioning David. Moses, who did not enter the promised land because he uh, disobeyed uh, the Lord and spoke to the people with anger and struck the rock when he should have spoken uh, to it. Take unto you, Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. You can quench the fiery darts of uh, the devil. There are fiery darts. Uh, uh, Jacob, in blessing Joseph, said the archers shot against him. They shot uh, uh, against him. Praise God for Joseph, for his steadfastness in the faith. But weren't there several points when he could have become discouraged, when he could have been angry, when he could have said, where is God? How come I'm being sold to be a slave? I didn't do anything wrong. How come I'm in the prison for doing God's will, for doing what's right? Satan sets before us things which appear to be gold. This common saying says, not all that glitters uh, is gold. And in particular, there is a substance that looks like gold, uh, but it's not uh, pyrite, as I think what it's it's called. And somewhere at home I have two little chunks of pyrite. (laughs) I don't know where I put them. I found a store that sold pyrite uh, uh, some time ago, and I thought it would be interesting. Cheap little things. Uh, They didn't cost that much. And if you were to look at them, you would think it's gold. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof thereof is the way of death. To whatever he can, the extent he can, he wants to uh, uh, destroy. He wants to uh, destroy. Walking about, roaring, seeking to uh, destroy, resist him. Resist him. Times of persecution. On one hand, there was the threatening of a Sanhedrin, to which the apostles said, we ought to obey God rather than man. And then they beat them. End of Acts chapter 5. So this is the time to be afraid. This is the time to uh, say, Lord, where are you? This is the time to be discouraged. This is the time to compromise. What does it say at the end of Acts chapter 5? It says they went from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That joy, that response, resisting the devil, uh, is uh, resisting uh, the devil. John the Baptist In Matthew chapter 11, the Bible tells us that he sent to the Lord Jesus uh, a couple of his disciples. Are you the Christ or should we wait for another? It appears that he doubted. It appears that he did not have confidence that he should have had. So he sent to the Lord Jesus and he received an answer. And that sending and the answer that he received, that is a resisting Uh, of uh, the devil depending on the Lord in all situations Uh, depending on the Lord in all situations Jacob hearing that Joseph was alive and in Egypt 
And there was every reason to go to Egypt. Every reason. Joseph was there. Wheat was there. Elsewhere, there would be famine. And possibly death. And possibly death. And yet, in Genesis 46, as he came to the edge of the land and was about to leave the land, head across the wilderness of Sinai, go to Egypt, he stopped and he sacrificed to God. And the Lord told him at night in a, in a vision, in a dream, don't be afraid to go. And for Jacob, that was something I think very important and very special because he was always someone who depended on himself and his ideas and his tricks and his ways of achieving certain things. Things which God had promised but he wanted to achieve them in his own way, in his own time, in his own manner. And this was the time when he said, Lord, do you want me to go? And the Lord told him, go. Don't be afraid. You'll be a great nation. You will become a great nation there. Joseph will place his hand on uh, your eyes, resisting the devil by seeking uh, God's, uh, God's guidance. Uh, ultimately, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the fact uh, that there are uh, uh, lions and wolves and other predators means that the sheep should be Closer to the shepherd. It is David who killed the lion and the bear. And the closer we are to the son of David, our shepherd, the greater uh, the security which we will enjoy. Resist steadfast in uh, the face. Steadfast in, uh, uh, in the face. Uh, what are solutions? We tend to say, oh, solutions are to have more money. All right? All right? <laughs> uh, now, don't get me wrong. If someone of you, of you decided to come and give me a, a bunch of money, I would most, most, most likely say, yes, thank you very much. Uh, but at the same time, how many times do we think that solutions are to have more faith? Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of uh, life. Resist him knowing that you are not alone. What does it say in First uh, Corinthians 10 and verse 13? It says, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common unto man. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus was tried in all things as we are. And if you'll excuse me for saying it, he was tried in all things more than we are. Yet without sin. In the Pilgrim's Progress, a Christian comes at one point to a dark valley. And as he walks through this dark valley, he begins to be discouraged. And then he hears the sound of a man walking in front of him, another believer. And this man is walking, and as he walks, he is saying, 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so, you are not the only one who has walked this path. You are not the only one who has crossed this uh, valley. Uh, the same afflictions are accomplished of your brethren who are in the world. And the Lord knows how to use even wicked things to do what? To do good to his people. All things work together for good to them that uh, love God. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he makes the wrath of man to serve him. And the rest of the wrath he uh, restrains. God knows how to use trials and temptations to strengthen, to purify, to teach us to serve him more effectively, to live for him more faithfully, to glorify his name more and more. The same afflictions are accomplished of your brethren who are in the world. In some way there is a reminder, perhaps, of the fact that you have brethren who are not in this world. They lived lives not very different from your life. Did they have a cell phone? No. But then that's not life. Life is not having a cell phone and having a computer. These things, though they are convenient in many, many ways, guess what? People lived before those days, before, before these things were invented and became common. And their lives were not so very different from ours. And what happened to believers of previous times who faced trials and hardships because Satan was around at that time? And he was walking and he was roaring and he was seeking to harm. What happened to them? Were they destroyed? Did someone collapse spiritually and lose their salvation? Or is it not true that as they walked with God and as they resisted wickedness, is it not true that God gave them the victory? The Bible says that there is a triumphal procession of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and that the Lord wants to lead us always in that triumphal procession. There are brethren in the world who are engaged in the same battle that you are engaged in right now, and there are ones who have gone on to glory a great cloud of witnesses. Hebrews chapter uh, 11. Well, actually, that's uh, Hebrews chapter 12, but coming shortly after Hebrews uh, chapter 11. There remains a rest for the people of God. Labor that you might enter into that rest. The Lord has not failed in his promises. The Lord has brought many sons uh, to glory. To be saved is a miracle in and of itself. And to continue being saved, which we sometimes think of so naturally, the, inter, the eternal security of the believer, or what some uh, uh, people call the same thing, the perseverance of the saints, the same thing. 
oh, it's almost taken for granted. No, it's a miracle of God that we're kept saved. And it's a miracle of God that our journey will end in glory. It is a miracle of God and a triumph of God over the wicked one that he enters into the realm of, wicked, of wickedness, translated us from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of the Son of his love. The Son of his love. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Don't say like Elijah said, Oh, I only, oh, I only, oh, I only. Nobody has ever borne the, the temptations. Nobody has ever faced the troubles. Nobody has ever endured the trials that I have faced. No, that's not true. Most, most likely there are many people who have endured the trials that you are facing. Right now in this world, and certainly in the past, and most of all, the Lord Jesus endured those trials. And more than you and I can ever think, imagine, or understand, and it was for our sake. Resist him steadfast in uh, the faith. The same afflictions are accomplished of your brethren who are in the world, but the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. This is the end of the story. And like they say, the story is known by its end. Uh, after you've suffered a while, he will perfect you. He will establish, strengthen, uh, and uh, uh, settle, uh, settle you. This is the true grace of God in which we stand, verse 12. There's a church in Babylon. Uh, there is Mark, uh, your bro uh, uh, my son. There is Silvanus, a faithful brother. There are so many around you uh, uh, who have the same precious faith and face the same trials. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him, and he will flee from you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because it places before us reality and does not attempt to hide things that some people would regard as unpleasant. We know that there are some who stand up and preach a gospel of prosperity. Their message is, receive this word and with it material prosperity. But you tell us that in this world there is an enemy and that we must be sober, and we must be vigilant. He is walking around, roaring and harming. We must resist him in the faith with all others who are your children, following the footsteps 
of those who have gone before, knowing that the God of all grace is our leader, is the captain of our salvation, is our shepherd. We pray that you would strengthen and encourage every heart and bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.